All right, welcome back, everybody. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Nieves, and as you can tell by the title of today's video, we're going to get into some pretty stinky water. We're going to go into some controversial territory. So in all sincerity, I, I really do want to offer up the the chance, the opportunity to anyone who may disagree with me, to anyone who has uh, very fragile feelings, if you're, if you're going to claim that you were triggered or emotionally uh, damaged in some way, shape, or form, now is your chance. The bus has stopped. The doors are open. This is your one and only only chance to get off, to get out of this conversation right now because there's not going to be any any biting of my tongue. I'm not going to worry about a microaggression or upsetting you or hurting your feelings or, or anything of that nature. We're going to have a real and very raw and very important conversation regarding transgenderism and children. Because right now in the United States, there is a massive, massive push, a concentrated effort by people on the very far left, people who are in the radicalized sub-community within the LGBTQAI+, and the remaining part of the alphabet that they've hijacked. There is a concentrated effort to intertwine the transgender movement and children. And it's absolutely unaccepting, unacceptable. It's disgusting. It's horrible. It has resulted in child abuse. Children, we're, we're going to unpack all of this. We're going to talk about this throughout the podcast. It's something I feel very, very strongly about. I think most decent human beings uh, also feel very strongly about the genital mutilation of children. I, I think that is that is. Man, I don't even, I, I lack words strong enough to describe how diametrically opposed to that I am. I, we have kids that are that are getting hysterectomies. We're, we're going to dive into all of this. Children being given hysterectomies because they feel like a boy. Children being prescribed Lupron, a chemical castration drug, Lupron, because they feel like a boy. Now, now before we jump into the meat and taters, before we get into the thick of it, I want want to let you know all of my sources, because I'm going to be source heavy today. This is one of those conversations, one of those to topics where you really do, you have to be source heavy. So all of the sources on this video will be made available on my Locals page. If you have not become a follower or a supporter over on Locals, it'll be free to access. This will be free for anyone. Uh, I'm going to comment that below. I'll tag it to this podcast as it uploads over there on Locals, and I'll also just make it publicly available so that anyone who wants my sources on all of this, because th this isn't going to be hearsay. I'm not going to be pulling stuff out of my butt. I've come with the receipts today. So if you ever hear me say anything and you want to say, wait, wait, wait a minute, I want to look that one up myself, all sources for today's podcast will be available at, you can search it up this way, write this down and, and search it up later, The Goons, spelled G-O-O-N-S, thegoons.locals.com. Once again, that's thegoons.locals.com. All of my sources will be made available for this podcast. So, so jumping right into it, right? Not wasting any time. This is a statistic that we all need to be very familiar with. And it's not a statistic that I cite with any pleasure. This is not a statistic that I cite with any joy or, or as a gotcha moment. This is a statistic that we all need to be very, very familiar with because it's horrible. Because this is something that is directly impacting children. This is from PubMed. 
of so-called transgender youth will consider suicide. 80% consider suicide, while 40% have admitted that they have already attempted or will attempt suicide at some point in their life. That, that is, that, that's unbelievable. That's unprecedented. These, these levels of suicidality aren't found anywhere else, like literally anywhere else. The only group that, that is consistently more suicidal than, than people within the trans community are paranoid schizophrenics. That, that's the only place that we've ever seen this rate of suicidality. And it's happening to children. Now, with that in mind, the fact that 80% of transgender youth will consider suicide and 40% will or have attempted suicide, it's very crucial that we understand that the vast majority of children will grow out of gender dysphoria. So for the purposes of this conversation, I'm going to be talking about transgenderism under the medically recognized term of gender dysphoria. It is currently acknowledged, recognized, written down in the DSM-5. It is a mental disorder. We're going to refer to it as such, not in an insulting way, not in a pejorative fashion but in a medically accurate sense. And the vast majority of children who are diagnosed with gender dysphoria will grow out of it by the time they reach adulthood. This isn't me making this up. This is from Dr. James Cantor in an article published that is titled, Do Kids or Do Trans Kids Stay Trans When They Grow Up? And the answer, more often than not, is no. So remember, we're going to unpack those statistics, and I'm going to list out a few studies here in a second. But, but remember and, and, and cross-reference the two statistics that I've already given you today. 80% of transgender youth will consider suicide. 40% do attempt suicide. And the vast, vast, vast majority of children who do not go through with transition, who do not get put on puberty blockers, who do not get prescribed Lupron or chemical castration drugs, the vast majority of children who are diagnosed with gender dysphoria, if left to their own devices, if nature takes its course, the vast majority of these children will grow out of it, meaning they will no longer be a member of the transgender community. They don't suffer from gender dysphoria, which means if they grow out of it, they're no longer in that category of people with a 40% attempted suicide rate. That's very, very relevant. Now, let's jump into some of these statistics. Let's jump into some of these studies that Dr. James examined. And once again, all, all, all sources are going to be made publicly available. That way you can go and cross-reference my sources. You can go and check these studies out yourself. But the first study uh, that Dr. James references is a study that is titled Feminine Behavior in Boys, Aspects of Its Outcome, published in the American Journal of Psychiatry. It's uh, authored by a guy named Lebovitz. Hopefully I'm not butchering that name too bad. It followed 16 young men who were who were diagnosed with gender dysphoria of the 16 10 10 were no longer they were straight at the end of it 10 of these boys were straight two were gay and only four of the 16 were trans another study effeminate behavior present in boys from childhood 10 additional years of follow-up published in Comprehensive Psychiatry. Of the 16 that they followed, 12 ended up being gay, and only two remained 
trans. Another study, homosexual outcome of discordant gender identity slash role longitudinal follow-up published in the Journal of Pediatric Psychiatry. It is zero, zero of the five boys that they followed remained trans. Another one published uh, in the Journal of Nervous and Mental Disease. This is authored by Zuger B. titled Early Effeminate Behavior in Boys, Outcome and Significance for Homosexuality. Out of the 45 that were followed, only two remained trans. Another one, a follow-up study of 10 feminine boys published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior by Davenport CW, only one of the 10 boys remained trans. Another one, the, quote, sissy boy syndrome and the development of homosexuality This is by Green R. in New Haven, uh, Yale University Press. Only one of 44 remained trans. We can go on and on and on. There's about four or five remaining studies. I won't bore you to death, but the literature is very, very clear. The published journal studies are very, very clear. The results are in. It is indisputable the vast, vast, vast majority of children who are diagnosed with gender dysphoria will grow out of it. They will no longer suffer from gender dysphoria by the time they reach adulthood. That's very important. That is a crucial, crucial piece of information that we have to understand whenever we're looking at how we handle children who are coming forward with some sort of an ulterior uh, identity, who are boys that identify as girls or girls who identify as boys. If we understand the vast majority of them will grow out of this disillusioned uh, identity, then we're not going to mutilate their genitals. We're not going to prescribe them Lupron and chemically castrate them going forward because we understand that as they grow up, the best treatment protocol is to simply let them grow out of it. We also have to ask the question of whether or not sex reassignment surgery is effective because people will often say these children are suffering and the best thing that we can do to these kids to prevent them from killing themselves, the best thing and really they'll say the only thing we can do for these kids to prevent them from killing themselves is gender reassignment surgery or sex change surgery or or a hysterectomy or so on and so forth. Well, if we actually examine Whether or not sex reassignment surgery, the so-called surgery, if this works or not, we find that it does not work. Again, all sources will be publicly available. In 2016, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services revisited the question of whether or not sex reassignment surgery would have to be covered by Medicare plans. Despite receiving a request that its coverage be mandated, It refused on the ground that they lacked evidence that it benefited patients. Put a bow on that, folks. It does not work. Again, another example. This goes on and says, here's how the 2016 proposed decision memo for gender dysphoria and gender reassignment surgery put it, and I quote, based on a thorough review of the clinical evidence available at this time, there is not enough evidence to determine whether gender reassignment surgery improves health outcomes for Medicare beneficiaries with gender dysphoria. There were conflicting and inconsistent study results of the best design studies, some 
reported benefits while others reported harms. The quality and strength of evidence were low due to the mostly observational study designs with no comparison groups, potential co-founding, excuse me, confounding, and small sample sizes. Many studies that reported positive outcomes were exploratory type studies with no confirmatory follow-up. Again, we find that the sex reassignment surgery does not work. Even Medicaid refused to accept it because they said it does not work. In addition to that, we have absolutely no idea what the long-term side effects, what the long-term consequences are of these chemical, that they'll call them puberty blockers, or, or things that they put these children on to delay the effects of puberty. If you have a, a young prepubescent child that is identifying as the other gender, rather than just allowing them to grow out of it, there are people who say, well, okay, if, if this gender reassignment or sex reassignment surgery may not be very effective, if it doesn't actually work, and, and most kids grow out of it, well, maybe we just put them on puberty blockers so that we can postpone it. That way, they can revisit on a, 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 on a later date and decide whether or not they feel like a boy or they feel like a girl. So we'll just put a pause. They'll pretend that it's this, this innocent thing. They're going to put this child on a drug like Lupron, which, again, by the way, is a chemical castration drug. The drug Lupron that is being prescribed to children to, to block puberty, to postpone or slow down puberty, it, Lupron is the name, and it literally has been used in prisons to chemically castrate sex offenders and pedophiles and those kind of people. And now... They're taking the same drug, Lupron, and they're giving it to 12-year-old boys. They're giving it to these kids so that they can, quote-unquote, postpone puberty. That, that's not how life works. We don't know the long-term consequences. We don't know the long-term side effects of what happens to a child's skeletal structure, muscular structure, what happens to the development of their brain, what happens to the heart tissue, the lung tissue. We don't know what happens to the children who are having their hormones so violently and viciously altered that their body literally doesn't go through puberty. Think of the, think of the magnitude of something like that. You're going to put this child on a, on a chemical castration drug so much so that their body literally will not go through puberty and then you're going to pretend? What, you're going to leave that kid on, on these blockers for four years, five years, six years? How long do we have to wait? How long does this child have to be prepubescent? Are we going to wait till they're 20 years old before we allow them to go through the process of puberty and then assume that that's not going to have long-term side effects? Even just height, weight, muscular structure, there are so many consequences, so many ramifications and that's just looking at it straightforward folks if you have low testosterone in your body there's some scientific evidence to indicate that that can negatively impact the health of your heart if you are a male and your testosterone levels are too low it can negatively impact your internal organs we know that right we know that there is evidence to support that it can damage your internal organs imagine what happens to the longevity of a child when you put them on these blockers when you devastate their body when you either totally demolish their testosterone levels or artificially skyrocket 
their testosterone levels. Imagine what's going to happen, the long-term side effects, and the answer, the reality, is that we do not know. It's not safe to give these kids things when we don't know the long-term side effects. I know that for whatever reason, the medical world seems to have thrown that concept out the window in the last six years, but you don't just blindly make children the guinea pigs and say, well, we'll find out in 20 years. We'll find out in 20 years if any of them are still alive, if they're their hearts are still working, their lungs are still working, if their brain development turned out all right, we'll just figure it out down the road. When did that become an acceptable school of medical thought? And you know, by the way, that exact criticism was raised by a group of doctors at the American Academy of Pediatrics. They came forward and they said, hey, we're not so sure about all of this stuff regarding children and, and, and these, these so-called hormone blockers and things like that. We want to do a rigorous study into the long-term side effects of what happens to kids when we put them on these, these hormone blockers. And guess what the AAP, guess what the American Academy of Pediatrics said? They said no. They said too bad. There was a big conference coming up and they wanted to bring forward this and say, hey, we need to look into this. And the American Academy of Pediatrics appears to have adopted a prescribe first, ask questions later sort of mentality. And the people who are getting screwed over by this, the lives that are being ruined by this are the lives of actual children. And now, this has become one of the most celebrated, one of the most encouraged, one of the most indoctrinated things in our entire country. And if you dare to oppose it, it, for example, if somebody on the left is to come around and they're going to find this exact podcast with all sources referenced, with everything out there publicly available, they're not going to try and refute anything I have to say. They're simply going to call me transphobic and they're going to say, if you don't agree, if you don't go along with what we're telling you to go along with, then these children are going to kill themselves. It's like an abusive relationship. Every time that they are criticized or questioned or anything of that nature, they fall back on this position that children are going to kill themselves. That's what they do every time a congressperson mentions this. That's what they did every time, for example, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley was having a conversation on the record on the Senate floor where, where somebody accused him of, of essentially violence against transgender people because he refused to acknowledge men as women. He, he said, are you referring to women when the lady said something about uh, people capable of giving birth? Those are... By by the way, called women, and that's what Josh Hawley asked, and she basically accused him of committing violence against trans people. This falls into their, their greater narrative, where they play this game of linguistics, and they try and redefine terms, because now they wholeheartedly believe that speech is the same as violence. They think that some speech is literally violence. And, and because your speech is violence, then of course it has to be censored. It has to be banned. It has to be shut up and shut down. But if it's not, if somehow, some way, some speech makes its way and, and, and slips through the cracks of censorship and gets heard by people, guess what they'll say? They'll say it's violent, it's hateful, it's bigoted, and it's literally going to kill children. That's exactly what they have said. That's exactly what they will continue to say because they don't want to have a conversation about how best to actually help these kids. They just want to reinforce this idea 
that children need to go get hysterectomies. By the way, to, to source that one, uh, the Libs of TikTok account has a, has literally recorded the audio of someone calling the D.C. National Children's Hospital and asking if they could get a hysterectomy performed on their 16-year-old child. The D.C. National Children's Hospital said beautiful and tried to schedule that appointment to have a child a 16-year-old child receive a hysterectomy. The Boston Children's Hospital has an entire page on their website dedicated to so-called gender-affirming care, which in reality is fancy talk for them literally chopping up and mutilating the genitals of children, rendering these children uh, biologically inept to where they will never have a chance at producing offspring. They have neutered, they have castrated, they have, they have butchered these innocent children, and they want to tell everyone that this has to be in schools. They want to push this agenda on children. They show up in the school system with books like, the title of the book is, This Book is Gay. They want to show up into these schools with books like Gender Queer, and they want to promote this, this transgender ideology upon children. They are literally... They are literally promoting and encouraging maladaptive behavior that is recognized in the DSM as a mental disorder, yet they're encouraging it. They're not just encouraging it, they're celebrating it, and they're demanding that you and I celebrate it too. They're demanding that you and I spit in the face of biology and common sense, that we throw these children under the bus, that we, we, we completely disregard the long-term health and wellness of children in pursuit of some sort of a woke crusade of social justice crap, and we mutilate these kids in the process because God forbid we ever offend anybody. God forbid we protect the children at the expense of somebody's feelings. They would much rather mutilate, give a hysterectomy, chop the balls off of a 10-year-old boy or girl or whatever they're going to do, decimate their body, rip their organs out, chop them up and put them on chemical castration drugs, they would much prefer that. They would much prefer to, to, to establish that in books for children. They would much rather put that in entertainment and on the TV and, and pretend that boys can have periods and boys can have babies. It's a lie. It is a biological lie. And they know that they have failed to promote their agenda with adults because adults have enough of a grasp on reality that we can look around and say, yet yeah, no, uh, boys are boys, girls are girls. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you identify with. Men cannot get pregnant. Men cannot have periods, so on and so forth. It doesn't matter what common sense the adults have because they're not worried about us anymore. They're not going after the adults anymore. They want to indoctrinate the kids that are impressionable. The children that don't know any better. They want to spend eight hours with your kid in the public school system reading them the book Gender Queer, talking about how it's so great and bold and brave to chop off your penis. That's what they want to tell these kids. And then they indoctrinate, they groom these children into having sexualized conversations with adults when the parents are not around, completely disgusting, pedophilic, and inappropriate behavior. They, they groom these kids into the LGBTQAI plus community, specifically 
specifically the radical trans section of that community, they, they indoctrinate and groom these children into a community where 80% of all of the children in that community think about and, and contemplate committing suicide and 40% of the community attempts to kill themselves. They don't care about the well-being, the longevity of these children. They care about pushing some stupid, disgusting, morally bankrupt social media or social gender theory modern bullcrap is what they want, and it's disgusting. It, it, it needs to be one of the greatest things that you and I mount a resistance to because, listen, if we let them get away with this, if we let them get away with this and convince us as a country that we have to accept and encourage collective insanity, that we have to spit in the face of biology, throw the children under the bus, and go along with a lie, if they can get us here, if they can, com- com- can com- police our thoughts here, if they can make us bend the knee to this level of insanity and forfeit our children to the altar of their insane stupidity, then there is nothing they can't do. There is nothing that they won't do, and there is nothing that we won't stand up to. If we don't stand up to this, I will never believe anyone who says they're going to stand up to anything else in the future because this, oh my gosh, is this the testing ground. If they get away with this, I promise you, tomorrow you can't even imagine. Orwell could have never imagined the dystopian hellscape that is 50 years from now if we allow them to chemically castrate and mutilate the genitals of our children. If they can get away with this today, there is nothing that they won't do. They won't stop here. They, they will not stop here. And somebody will say, Vic, that's a slippery slope. You're dang right it is. The slope is covered in canola oil, you moron. It's not a fallacy to identify an actual slippery slope. If we allow them to do this to our kids, I promise you the future looks disgusting. The future is an Orwellian hellscape, a nightmare beyond our possible... Uh, we can't fathom that level of sick and evil. We, I, for one, I don't care if I'm the last human being on the planet that is capable of thinking logically and telling the truth when it comes to our kids, but I'm going to keep speaking the truth. I'm going to keep protecting our kids. I'm going to keep making content like this where I bring forward the evidence, where I bring forward the citations, where I bring forward all of the information that I can because this is wrong. This is sick. This is disgusting. It's degenerate, and it's evil. Anyways... That's all I've got for you today, folks. I I hope you enjoyed that one. I hope you got something. Like I said, all of the resources, all of the sources, all of the data, all of the information will be made available on thegoons.locals.com. That's thegoons.locals.com. It's available on on the, the link tree on basically all of my social medias will have that link available. You can go check it out. You can share it with people. You can you can publish it for your own self. I really don't care. I don't need credit for it or anything like that. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, while you're already there, while you're at Locals, be sure to become a supporter over on Locals. It's one of the best ways you can support this. It's the reason these podcasts continue to come out every week. It's the reason that the content is free. A lot of you know this. Some of you don't. I have been demonetized on every single social media platform. I don't make money on any of this kind of stuff. So if you want to pitch in, if you want to become a supporter, it's $3 a month, thegoons.locals.com. You get to vote on future podcast subjects. You get early access to all of this kind of stuff, exclusive content, behind the scenes sort of stuff. I encourage you to do that. But folks, until next time, keep me in your prayers. Keep your, keep your country in your prayers. 
Lord knows we both need them. I will see you all next time. God bless.